Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. Welcome, everybody, to part two yes. of our episode. All right, let's get back into it. No relationship update this time. You guys know what's up. Yeah, we're still awesome. And Boom. it's still the no if, ands, or buts episode of Sex in the City. City. And this is still Jessica Levity sitting in as a guest star. What up? And producing. Okay, so anyway, Steve, very excited. Miranda, huge asshole. Um, and then Miranda and... Carrie are talking about Aiden and I love that Miranda says did he like you you bought furniture from him and he asked you out and she's like yeah and she's like then it's a write-off I think that's hysterical that's so like lawyer Miranda (laughs) and I loved that line so I just thought that was fantastic um and then we actually already talked about this a lot well no we didn't really talk about we didn't talk about okay specific so yeah so my next my next note is black men and white women. The stigma is still there. The stereotypes are still there. I feel like there is still a little bit of a stereotype. So last year, um, I got a message from somebody on OkCupid. And I honestly, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I will talk to somebody forever and then look at their pictures. And that's probably bad of me because then I'll get all judgmental and be like, well, you're not as attractive as I thought that, like, your words were. So never mind. Um, but he, after, like, two or three messages, asked me, have you ever dated a black man? And I'm like, that is a really fucking weird question. And then I looked at his pictures and I'm like, oh, because you're black. Okay. That's okay. That's a more fair question than I guess. But also... Does it matter? Like, that's so, that's such a weird thing to ask me. And I was immediately weirded out by it. And so I, he's, because he was saying, yeah, I only date white women. And I'm like, that's weird. That's weird. And I'm uncomfortable about that. And I don't know why I'm uncomfortable about that. So I had to ask my token black friend. And I know several black men who only date white women. And it's just, it's an orientation. That's the way that they describe it. Yeah, I yeah. So I asked my black friend about it. I was like, there's something that doesn't sit right with me and I don't know what it is. And please don't think that I'm being like, I mean, I, I am. I'm being ignorant and I am asking you to educate me on this. Why? Do, why does this bother me so much? And he said it's because he is because white women aren't as like hard to deal with as black women mm. and so he's essentially taking the easy way out and the black community sort of sees those type of guys as being traitors mm. and it is you know not right to be leaving our black women with you know like alone with nothing while you're dating what you sort of assume to be the cream of the crop because Everyone has taught you that white is better your mm. whole life. Mm. And we got deep into a discussion about this. And it was a really hard conversation. But God love him for having that with me and mm-hmm. for being open and honest with me about all of that. And I did still date the guy for a couple of months. But everything that my friend told me, I was like, yeah, it's right there. It's right there. And it's upsetting to me. And it was I feel really terrible because when it finally did end, I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. I don't have to worry about this anymore because it occupied my brain for way longer than it should have. Mm. Just the the idea that he was only dating me for prestige, essentially, which is gross. But that has been only like that's been my only real like halfway relationship with a black guy. Although, you know, Ethan from middle school and I did <laughs> dabble a little bit, but, you know. He was a serial cheater. So he, oh. yeah, we actually had a great like days of our lives style, like going to a dance um, where I knew that he was like cheating on me. And so I, we were so, we were the most dramatic group of people. Like, I, I don't know why I swear people should have, we should have like charged people tickets to watch our drama. 
but he I knew that he was cheating on me. I knew that it was going to come out during this dance. And so I asked my mom to drop me off. And I said, I know that the dance is over at 10, but I'm going to need you to pick me up at exactly 845. <laughs> and so I found him. We had our pictures. We had the dance and I dropped the bomb. And I'm like, I know that you're having that you, that you have a relationship going on with Jessica. I don't. I don't know what her name was actually. I don't. I just made I it like, up. Ooh. I was just like, I don't know Jessica. Um, that I was like, I know that you're having it with Jessica, and he like totally plays along with it. Like lowers his gorgeous lashes, and, like raises his eyes back again, and he's like, "Are you mad at me?" And I'm like, "No, I can't ask you to be someone that you're just not." <laughs> we were so dramatic. It was oh, so great, God. and I was, and I like literally was just like, you know what? Yeah, you, you be you. Enjoy the night with Jessica. I'm going to get out of here because it's 840. <laughs> and, and he legit was just like, can I have a kiss goodbye? God, <laughs> And I was like, I like drama, sure. <laughs> so like totally had this beautiful like goodbye kiss. And then drama continued the next day at school. It was so ridiculous. But I absolutely planned it to a T to where I like was beautiful and I swept out of the room and swept right into my mom's car and I was like, home, James. Like I was totally, it was so dramatic. So those are my only two experiences, which let's be real, are not based in reality. I have been a person who has been attracted to people from all backgrounds. But for some reason, I've only dated white people. And it's never been like, a, I only pursue white people. I only do this, this, this. It's just like, out of the comforts and levels that we get to, out of whatever happens, it just happens to be with these people. And major relationships, I've only had two. And my mom has loved both of the people that I've been with, has had not an issue. Like, why don't you bring home a Latino person? Like, why don't this, this, this? She's in love with them. She's super in love with them. But she always refers to them as porcelain. Both of them. And oh my like, god, that's okay. More, more my first girlfriend than my current boyfriend, because mm. like that's all Lily was porcelain. Oh, this tiny little porcelina, and I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I was like, it's a cute and racist. Home, but if I brought home a Latina, what would you say? If I brought home a black person, which is like it was just weird. And then me and my brother had that notion too, because he only dates white people. And then uh, there was this group that I was with in college called Sex Paws. And we kind of establish, well, if you date people outside of your race or if you only date one race exclusively, is that bad? Is that problematic? Is that an orientation? Is that a fetish in terms of like, oh, I love Latinas because they're so voluptuous and they're so exotic and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, that's not how you describe people. <laughs> like yeah. that's, you're fetishizing mm-hmm. a certain mm-hmm. group. But does it work in the, re- not necessarily the reverse, but does it work with, oh, I only date white women. Like what's, what's that about? I think it, it, the intent, like. Mm-hmm. With my my latest um, relationship, he literally said to me, I only date white women. He limited himself immediately, whereas yours was like all the people that that I have cared for just were white. Mm-hmm. Like if you found somebody who is Latina or Latino mm-hmm. and fell for them, you would fall for them. You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so sorry, the color of your skin is going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. You know? That's I the difference. I think the difference between, like, fetishizing and just that's your type yes, would be, thank I, mm-hmm. I have only dated white women right. compared to white, yes, thank you. only mm-hmm. date white women. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, have you ever met, because I absolutely know that the way you described that last guy is a thing that is not okay and that does exist, mm-hmm. that exactly as you described it, but the few black men that i've known who are like i just only date white women it's almost like it's just who you hang out with it's like a gay man who's like i don't have any gay friends you know Mm -hmm. like it's just what it is it's where his soul is comfortable and like when he walks into a room it's not like all right where the white women at so i can pick one out it's just like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hit it off with this girl and she's gonna be white and it's the circles that you run into so like uh me being one of the white latinos um i was in a school that was predominantly Latino, but I still had white friends mm-hmm. because that's the community. I wanted to be in the theater community. I was doing this, yeah. this, this. Mm-hmm. And so it just knocked several people out of the content, out of the running. And then it just so happened that Lily was in theater, super cute. We 
hit it off right away. And I was like, it wasn't because I was looking for a white woman to bring home. It was, right. she was in the sphere that I occupied mm-hmm. and I liked her. Yeah. yeah. And again, we're predominantly light and Latin, white and Latino here. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think there is a lot of it that just has to do with environment. Yeah. You know, like maybe if I grew up in the South, I would have dated more black guys because there would have been more black guys to date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another, I think we hit it on earlier. I forgot what the context was, but it, this matters to it. Um, white people have the privilege of being like, oh, I don't recognize people as color or I don't see people as color, I recognize them as people. But I can't speak for every Latino person, but I have noticed every single time when I walk in a room, the ratio of white people to black people to Latinos to Asian people to this, this, this. Because I'm like, okay, what kind of Latino do I have to be in this space? Yeah. If I go into mm. an all-white space, I'm like, okay, okay, I can't be I can't be the same Latino that I am when I go to Mexico and I'm with mm-hmm. all my family and we can just be loud and talk and do all these things. I'm like, no, because now if I'm the only Latino in this room full of white people, I have to be a spokesperson and I have to be the perfect mm. role model as a Latino. So I have to sit here and I have to be super well-mannered and I have to speak really eloquently. I can't let my voice like get super high and I can't get too excited about certain things. And I have to say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Thank you. All this. You have to be that person. Mm. And then if you walk into a room of Latinos, you're like, hey, oh my God, how's that going? You're allowed, mm-hmm. You can have yourself those moments and not, not speaking for everybody. I'm just saying from my experiences mm. and me dating two white people as major relationships when I first was going to meet Chon's family, I'm like, did you tell them that I was Latino? And he's like, no, because we don't care, blah, blah. And I was like, you need to let them know that I am a Latino. He's yeah, like, because, why? Because it, it will register. It will. Because they have an expectation that you're not. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize they have the expectation that you're not until they until see they you. See. Until they see yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I have had that happen before where I walk into a room and someone's like. And your name's Joe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Joe Daniel Montalongo, but no one ever gets to my last name because yeah. no one cares. They're like, oh, my boy, my, my friend Joe is coming. Mm-hmm. And if I have to see one more person look at me and be like, oh, this is Joe. Like, just like, oh, I'm so oh, oh, you're Joe. Oh. And then I'm Which like, really, oh, right. I didn't know that you weren't white. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like. There was no expectations to be had, but I've already will not meet them no matter what I do. So then I have mm-hmm. to work twice as hard to try to impress these people who yeah. I don't need to impress because I don't yeah right, fuck them care about them that much mm-hmm. in, in terms of like yes they're not in my circle right yeah obviously they mean to me they mean something to me if they mean something to the person that I'm with who's right. introducing me but they're not in my sphere so I'm like why now I it is my job to work this much harder to try to get into this space yep. And to be comfortable and to be welcomed here. And that's something that with white privilege, we have to hear these stories because we do yeah. not ever think about it. Right. Because we, it doesn't happen. You mm-hmm. know, I walk into the room as who I am, whether that is with a bunch of people of color or white people or Jewish people, you know, like I walk in and, you know, maybe this is just me being the obnoxious jackwad that I always am, but... I'm just like, nope, who I am is who I am. If you don't like me, you can fuck off. Well, and also, you are exactly what people are already assuming you to be. Yeah. So when I walk into a space, I'm not defying anything unless I'm holding a girl's hand. And even then, it barely hits the radar. Mm -hmm. It barely hits the radar because we also have that thing about girls where they're like, oh, they're Mm -hmm. just friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're girlfriends. That's what I'm saying. That's like barely it. Or if you see me... If you know that I have a husband, you don't know that I'm Polly, and you see me walk in and I am being all up on another guy or something like that, mm-hmm. that's the only time I register. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I really don't register. And so I'm never thinking about that mm-hmm. the way. And isn't there a term for that? There's a term and I can't think of what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's very chameleon-like or... Um, I listened to a TED talk about it once of just like when a person of color or minority walks into a space and they have to assess, okay, who do I have to be right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then being a queer Latino. Yeah. Having to occupy that space. Because even when I'm with my boyfriend, it's not a race thing. Yeah. It's always mm-hmm. like, a, okay, so we're going to this new restaurant. Are they cool with having two people be here? And then mm-hmm. even, in, even in my community. So even if I go to a Latino community... And then I go to a certain space. I'm like, can I be loud and flamboyant? Mm-hmm. Can I let them know that I'm queer? Is this going to yeah. be a safe space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to like, well, what am I going to be willing to put up with today? If I go to a white people's house, how many microaggressions am I going to have to hear before I'm like, listen, <laughs> that's kind of racist. Right. Because when yeah. Paige says, 
I don't care if people don't like who I am. You aren't fighting as many. Uh, yeah, I'm not fighting yeah. as much. And you're right. We need to hear these stories right. because I will never experience that. Mm-hmm. And I will. And it's not that I don't want to understand it or that I don't want to. Like, I want to hear. I want to know that this is what is happening in the world because there's a lot of stuff, especially race stuff, because I'm even though I'm Jewish, I can hide that so well. Mm-hmm. You know, I have blue eyes, I have mostly blonde hair. And people just assume, I mean, to this day, there's people that are pretty close to me that are still like, hey, I need your address for a Christmas card. And I'm like, well, I'm still Jewish, but you can send it to me anyway. And they don't care. Like, I I think I mentioned this a couple, a couple of episodes ago where um, somebody messaged me and said, you know, hey, hope you're having a Merry Christmas or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm still Jewish, so... Not really. And they're like, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the season. And I'm like, that's exactly what it means. Like, if you had just I, said happy holidays, it would have been mm-hmm. right. a different story. Yeah. And I mean, because you are having a holiday right now, but it's not Christmas. Right. And that's super microaggression because I'm like, listen. Yeah. Like, no, just no. You know, they're, I, I'm not going to enjoy Christmas because I don't celebrate it. That's like, me asking you how is your ramadan going well i don't celebrate ramadan doesn't mean you can't enjoy the season right like that's ignorant right and that's the only form that i'll ever get without hearing stories like but us status quoers we don't think about that and i have to hear wait you're a latino and you don't like spicy stuff all the fucking time or like oh and do your parents speak spanish or do do your parents speak english oh and then i tell them oh my dad works in construction and my mom works at a dry cleaners and they're like oh I'm like, it's what they do. Like, that's it's who they are. Put uh, food on the table. It's put back on um, clothes on my back. It's got mm-hmm. the roof over my head. Like, yeah. Okay. Why are you guys super side tripping? note that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about? I love your mother. Thank you. She's I also so love beautiful. <laughs> She's so sweet and nice. And I've only met her once and I didn't even realize that it was her. But I walked into the dry cleaners because I had a boss who needed stuff dry cleaned. And I was just like, well, Yelp says this is the best place, so let's go there. And like it was only when I kind of walked out and it had given me like a couple of minutes and I was like, Oh, wait. I think that was Joe's mom. <laughs> she was so sweet. I was like, I just met your mom. She's adorable. She's the cutest. Everybody loves her. Mm. I one time tried to call her out on something she was doing that's problematic. She told me I had a big nose. <laughs> she meant it. <laughs> She's so mean. We're at one fifteen. Okay, sorry. Um so No more personal anecdotes unless they're about race. race. No more personal no anecdotes. anecdotes. No more. That's the name of the new podcast. No one would listen. <laughs> right. Um, Aiden and Carrie go out on their date, and they have the the cute on her steps, uh, almost to kiss, and then she lights up a cigarette. And can I just say, like, I maybe I'm in the minority on this, but I've always hated cigarette smoking. I think it smells terrible. And I'm, like... So I let crushes do strange things to me. Like I was saying, like I would hella give up smoking for an Aiden because I'd be like, what cigarettes? But at the same time, like I'm I'm actually surprised at how strong Aiden takes a stand because if I was like really feeling Carrie, I would I similarly would ignore it because I liked her. Mm -hmm. But it's that type of thing. Like some it's some things are deal breakers, which is what the whole episode's about is what's your deal breaker. And you hit on something when we were watching it that you said, um, I'll do weird shit for crush world. And I was like, man, that resonated so hard. I will do weird shit for, cause have you ever eaten something that you would never eat? Cause you were on a date and you were so high on the date that you're like, yeah, I'm going to eat the squid. Ass. Listen. And that's our episode. And then it became something fantastic. So it helped me out. But I wouldn't have tried it if it wasn't for that high. But even uh, there's like things that like I go above and beyond. I was like, oh, man, I'll do this, 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 either to present myself better or to help that crush out in a certain place. And then the crushes and reciprocate. I was like, well, I wasted all that fucking shit. But it's weird things you'll do for... It's a rush of... Because, like, you have the high... It's the NRE. It's the high of the crush that makes mm -hmm. you just, like, what cigarettes? I don't need a cigarette. you feel unstoppable. You feel like you could do whatever it takes to get to a certain place. I'm like, man, if I could ride that shit, but just... If I could have a crush on me and do that shit for me... That's what I'm saying. Uh, right. Because you can't have a bad day when you're in that, like, really high dopamine NRE phase with a mm-hmm. new crush. Like, someone could cut you off. Like, all these horrible things, and it doesn't matter because you are in love. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, it's okay. You need to get there faster than I did. It's mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah. I, and again, this is probably me being an obnoxious jackwad, but I, and to be fair, I don't really have a whole lot of like super bad habits like that, that I think anybody would tell me to stop doing. Like maybe they would stop telling me to be so caustic and sarcastic. And then I'd be like, well, then you don't like me because that's who I am. And I physically can't stop being that person. And so this isn't going to work. And I wish you the best of luck. Like I went on a date with somebody and he absolutely wanted something serious. Like he wanted to settle down and like put a baby in me at the bar. Like it was, no, it was so, it was, it was too much and it was too much all the way right away. He was all up in my personal space and I was just like, no, I'm sorry. I wish you the best of luck. But like he gave me so much anxiety that it took me like a day and a half to calm down from it. Like, because I couldn't deal with it. And I was like, no, you want me to be something that I'm absolutely not going to be for you. And I'm not going to stick around and make you miserable in the meantime. What are some of our deal breakers in relationships? Smoking. I would say smoking (laughs) would be red flag. I might be able to do the whole, I just don't want it around me thing. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's one of those things that when I was in NRE, I'd be fine with. And the second the NRE wore out, it would be like, eh, I can't do this. Right. So I thought, that's so why I think it's so brave of Aiden to just call it on the spot. Like, I can't date a that's smoker. That's being very self-aware and like knowing who you are. It is. It's I mean, super. Like, I, yeah. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah like, it's just an incompatibility. Out, but I, I know who I am and I'm not going to be okay with this. Versus mm-hmm. like giving myself the, you know, what I want indulging in this relationship only because it's going to end. Um, mm-hmm. um I don't want to say like Republican or conservative, but for me, deal breaker is if you are not down with the gay, the LGBT, the social, like if you mm-hmm. have the opposite stance on any of the really important social justice issues to me, like, I don't just, this is just not going to work. I don't yeah, care how much fair. sexual attraction that we have mm-hmm. or chemistry, like Eventually especially in this world right now, it's not going to work. And even like maybe 10 years ago, neutral, I could have done like neutral, mm-hmm. I can't even do neutral anymore. You either understand my womanism and feminism and all that stuff, or like I don't even talk to me. Mm. What's yours, Joe? The drugs that are ruling your life, mm. like heroin, yeah, or meth. Like I'm like, mm, don't bring that shit mm-hmm. into my because and then with other things like some drugs, where I'm just it's not so much like that you're doing the drug because I have friends who do all these drugs and I'm like, what are you living your life? It's once you're in my world, you're bringing this into my home. That's what I'm like this is not working. Yeah. This can't be done here. Yeah. I feel like the the difference is if they would rather do the drug than spend time with me, mm-hmm. then it's a problem. I and struggle with addicts at, in anything. And I don't drink alcohol. So I even like, and I, you've seen me on dates at the bar and mm-hmm. I'm drinking fizzy water. Like I can go to the bar. Mm-hmm. But if you, if we are not meeting on the same coherent level on a consistent basis, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. You need someone who wants to throw back whiskeys with you. Mm-hmm. Like I was madly in love two years ago with an alcoholic and he's a functioning alcoholic and I love him to death and he's a great guy. Um, but I'm like, you need a girl who wants to get drunk with you on a Saturday. Saturday morning mm-hmm. that's yeah. never going to be me mm-hmm. and you're probably bored because I'm not doing those things yeah I used to run a drinking blog and not because I'm an alcoholic but because I really enjoy a cocktail but I enjoy a cocktail in the sense that I go I have that cocktail I'm like mm, that was delicious and I go home and go to bed and um a friend of mine I was having a fight with about a year ago and she called me out on it Because she was kind of putting a lot of stuff on social media about, like, getting drunk and being drunk. And she was just like, whatever, you run a drinking blog, so you really can't, like, put that on me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, thanks for being a friend. I stopped writing in that blog a year ago. And secondly, (laughs) I've, like, I've had my moments where I have been upset and I have gotten drunk. But I am... I have never been the type of person that's like, let's go out and get hammered. Let's go make mistakes. I'm not that girl. And I've never been that girl. I've always been the girl that's like, let's go out. Let's have like, whenever anybody's like bottomless mimosas, I'm like, sweet bottomless mimosas. That means I can have two. Like, I'm not thinking in the sense that, oh my God, it's bottomless mimosas. And so I'm going to have 80 of them or I'm going to drink until I puke because that sounds fun. Like, it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a food addict, and so that would work for me, although I would be like, 
I'm all I'm a food addict food addict who's always trying to get healthy. So I could date someone like mm-hmm. so me and Joe, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously we are like we'll indulge each other, but then we'll be like, okay, let's stop. <laughs> no more donuts this week, you know. So if I was with someone who was constantly pressuring me, I would just get mm-hmm. fat. I just would. Mm-hmm. I would get so unhealthy and I'd be like I cannot do this because you want to eat like that all the time and I do too mm-hmm. and I can't mm-hmm. yeah and so I think that would be a deal breaker for me too that'd be hard for me yeah and but. it's what a good relationship is based on is like balancing each other out right. and calling each other on each other's shit and be like no let's put down the donuts and have a salad instead like I would love to be in a relationship with somebody who was like yeah I love a good cheeseburger but come over to my house and I will cook you an actual balanced, awesome meal. Mm. Mm. And I'll be like, okay, forever. Mm-hmm. I'm moving in. Like, that's awesome because I just don't want to make that meal. And on the opposite side of that, I just had a friend who uh, met a guy that represented who she wanted to be. But ultimately, it turned out to be a deal breaker because it was too much of like, he was too much of a health nut. So she like wants to be healthy, but she needs like a little space. Yeah, there's a balance. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so on the surface, she didn't know that it was a deal breaker, but it turned out to be a deal breaker because he was like, always trying to go on a hike he was always rock climbing and he was always like eating perfectly and she was like i feel like i can't be myself around him like i want to order tater tots and i order a salad mm-hmm. you know yeah in um so i just finished reading call me by your name and the per- the point of view is from a 17 year old italian boy and so he's dealing with the same sex crush that he has on a gentleman and one of the best things that i brought out was do i want him or do i want to be him and that was the big question that the entire story revolved revolved around like do i want him do i like him for what he is or do i want those things for myself do i want to be him and that hit me so hard because i've always understood that i will never be comfortable dating or being in a relationship like that with someone who i I admire to a certain extent because i'm like i put you too high on a pedestal and i want those things for myself but because I put you so high up here, I'm dehumanizing you, and therefore I can't do that. I won't do that to you or to myself. It's called Golden Shadow. Um, and I think that's, like, really interesting because, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say about that, but mm-hmm. I'm with you. Oh, I was going to say I think about that all the time when I have crushes on girls because mm-hmm. I'm like, do I have a crush on you or do I just want to be you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard because then you're like, okay, so do I like them? Do I like that about them? Or do I like them enough to hopefully some of their greatness rubs off on me? Mm-hmm. And then it's also hard because then if you're not being you, but you're with someone that who you want to be like, then you're like, yeah, this isn't working. It's not out. sustainable. Mm-mm. Whereas you can have a person who's like, oh, we have similar goals. We can work together. You like that person and what they can do for you. And I think getting older is about seeing being the Aiden, seeing the smoker and going, Can't I'm deal. just going to end it now mm-hmm. rather than four months from now when the NRE wears off and I'm like, oh my God, I hate it every time you fucking smoke. Right, mm-hmm. because then why would, you, why would you invest that time? Or why would you waste yeah, that, that time, time knowing mm-hmm. that you weren't comfortable? When did you see something better when you're like... This but when is, you're younger, you're like, no, I'm going to do it. You're, cause you're, I'll deal with it later. But also it's okay to do it because then you're, that's your experiences. You grow from that. Yeah. You learn from that. And you're like, oh, I wasn't okay with that. Right. Whereas if I feel like when you're young, you need to say yes, even to things that you know will not be the best for you mm-hmm. because the experience that you'll get will help you out. Whereas if you say no, 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 you lack out on so many things and opportunities and opportunities for growth, mm. which I think is very, very tragic because even if you're doing something right your entire life, you did it. It didn't feel like you play. It didn't feel like you learned. You can't give advice to someone else because then you're just like the, I'm right. What I'm saying is correct. Mm-hmm. Listen to me instead of the advice being like, no, bro. One time I, I was in a relationship with this kind of person. I was willing to deal with this, this, this. They were not. Let me tell you that's not okay. Know your worth. Come from that. that yeah. That's what turns 15-minute podcasts into 45-minute podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and we are at one thirty right okay. now. So you guys are welcome for all this quality content. Right. I we do have great. quality content. Um, so where's our talk show, right? So Charlotte tries to teach the bad kisser, and he uh, is good for a little while, and then starts licking her face again, and she's like, "I can't deal with this." And he's like, "It's my thing," which I thought was the weirdest, like no explanation, quote, like just message. I'm just like, what? Why would you keep doing something badly and be proud of it? Dude, I wish that Bike Joe, I do think Bike Joe just got home because I heard him come in. He, that is his number one pet peeve of in human beings is 
that's my thing when you when it's used as an excuse not to grow or mm. specifically his example is well that's just who i am when mm. like a friend or someone's trying to come to you and be like hey um you're kind of a bitch when you get drunk you know or whatever and people are well, like well that's just, just who I, I am and it's like okay but are you gonna stop because on for some things you have to know well when is when is that an authenticity of like you know i'm a flamboyant gay man you know like yeah okay mm-hmm. don't change that about yourself right. but if it's like hey you are rude to you know waiters or something like that or just something that can change to say that's just who i am or that's just my thing is so fucking limiting to personal growth mm-hmm. that it's an immediate that for me i would that's a and if it's something bad like cigarette yeah. smoking or being a bad kisser where you're like literally giving road rash to girls like why are you proud of that why, why wouldn't would you, why you want are you making to that your thing? Right. Why are you making a bad thing your thing? Unless there is a girl out there who likes that. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's tricky. Yeah. Because they feel like, well, you can't shit on them for doing that. Yeah. Because what if he finds like that's it's like having a fetish or something that you don't want to give up because that's who you are. And out there somewhere is the partner who wants that fetish, too. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's yeah, a tough line. It's really um, hard balance. One of my favorite writers, Robert Kaplow, there's a line that he wrote that I read early on, but I resonated with me and to this day. So whenever someone says, oh, that's just who I am, or oh, that's not who I am, so I'm not going to do that, they're like, and the person that you are, is that who you want to be? Yeah. And that's what people keep repeating to the main character in this book all the time, because he's like, well, that's not who I am. And they're like, well, the person that you are, is that who you're trying to be? And then I was like, oh, man. Because then he goes out. He's like, that, you're right. I'm not. That's not who I want to be. He goes and does these experiences, has his heart broken, has people. He gets kicked out an entire system. But he's like, but I learned how to gave from that because yeah. I tried new things. And are you happy in your life? If your life mm-hmm. is fucking perfect and you there's nothing you would change when someone's like, is that who you want to be? You can be like, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, cool. But don't be a fucking victim and hate your life and then mm-hmm. be like, well, it's obviously everyone else. Hmm. Yeah. If I eat damn so, <laughs> nobody's gonna do it for you. That's right. Tyra Banks done said it, and y'all done heard it. Yeah. What? So let's talk about how scary Stanford's date is. Um, he finds someone in Aiden's store who likes dolls, brings him home. He's got a lot of dolls all over his place, and he's a little creepy about it. He's a lot of creepy about it because Stanford's like okay I can deal with this like we're gonna get into bed and there's like 17 dolls on this bed and Stanford just starts moving them and this guy's like no she goes on the table this goes on the this one goes on the dresser this one goes over here this one goes over here because to an ex- to a point I was like okay we can just shit on this guy because he likes dolls blah blah and then I was like mm, at that point you can mm-hmm. well at, at that point it's weird mm-hmm. and you yep. need someone equally weird yeah. yes because that you is who that man weird. is mm-hmm. and he shouldn't change yes right but he needs to find someone equally weird and hmm. you also need to identify the thing that you're passionate about might not be something everyone's passionate about mm-hmm. yes. so you as despite you being in love with it not everyone's going to react the same way so be prepared yeah. mm-hmm. if you're the weird one know that you're the weird one right own it and then be like don't touch any of these dolls in this room mm-hmm. because i'm fucking psycho about it mm-hmm. and i will freak out if right. one of them breaks yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also don't have them on your bed if you're freaked out about them breaking then they need to be in a glass case you're a really r- yeah, irresponsible see, doll yeah, owner uh, uh, he was super responsible because none of them had broken up until someone else came into his home yeah because he, he hasn't had a relationship but he it was fine for him it's not that he wasn't responsible it was he was responsible when it was just him and his own i am i'm with Paige on this I, one like you shit happens if you let someone mm-hmm. into your house like that's why there are we have certain friends that have a higher standard of living and when i go to these people's houses i drink water and i take my shoes off at the door and i don't touch anything mm-hmm. because I'm the person, if you go in my living room, there's a giant burn hole in the center of our floor because we had a shaman over here whose candle (laughs) burned through the bottom and it burned a hole in the floor. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh my God, no worries. I'm just so grateful when it's not me, when it's happening, you know? Don't worry, we're not getting our security deposit back. So it's okay. (laughs) Where And then it's just like, I can't be that person in another person's home where they're like, hmm. It's cool. Um, I'm just going to go get the OxyClean. I'll be right back. You know, right. like, oh, my God. We only serve have white wine mother? at this party. Have I seen what? Mother. No. You would I can't do a scary. It's not. Yeah, it's the same. It's like, really? get out. Yeah. It's too much. I couldn't even handle the preview. Yeah. Okay, because it, it, something like that happens specifically, 
And that's how I knew that I am not the person to bring home a weird person or to have weird people at my home because I would freak the fuck out because it the movies that I have loved have given me an anxiety attack and this movie gave me an anxiety attack like nobody's yeah, business. Yeah, no, I can't do self-induced anxiety attacks. Oh, man, it was beautiful. I loved it. Chris and I went to go watch it and we had a great experience, but there was just one thing that I was like, stop. She's telling you to stop. Just She's telling you to stop. Why are mm-hmm. you still doing this thing? And she would go come back and people were doing the same thing. She was like, I'm not even trying to be rude. Please just like that counter's not braced. Mm. don't sit on the damn counter and people are like it's fine it's fine and then the counter breaks and when it finally breaks it just unleashes the third act of this movie which goes crazy bonkers and i was like oh but i felt it i felt it and the second (laughs) it broke i the part of me inside destroyed yeah yeah i'm in between i i have things that i care about in my apartment Mm -hmm. and those things are not out ever or if they are out it's just me Mm -hmm. and then i put them back like if I invite somebody over to my apartment and they, like, I, the the worst they could do is track mud through the house and that's cleanable. Like, that's not a, a big deal. But if I had some sort of obsession with something, like I used, as a kid, I had a whole bunch of, um, I had, like, this whole glass menagerie of, like, blown glass unicorns that were my life. But I also knew mm-hmm. instinctively that we're on a fault line and those could all go up in flames with one earthquake they would all fall yeah they would all fall off the shelf and they would all break and i had to be okay with losing them Mm -hmm. to have them displayed right and that was the risk that i took and there were some that were really important to me and i put like felt on the bottom of their feet so that they wouldn't move around like i did what i had to do there's a deal breaker for me if you are psycho about your stuff we're not gonna work out yeah i am too fucking low maintenance and i cannot be around a high maintenance person can you be high maintenance and low maintenance yes Yes, joe would say i'm Mm -hmm. high and low like i'm high maintenance when i'm in a situation where i am not happy Mm -hmm. so like if i'm around a bunch of drunk people who are annoying the fuck out of me i'm high maintenance Mm -hmm. but when it comes to material items and like me and you on that commercial shoot like how often was the director the producer and everyone like you and joe are so easy and i'm like yeah because we're low fucking maintenance Mm -hmm. because i want to be known as easy to work with i want to be known as above and beyond i don't want you to have to think about me worry about me if i'm the friend tagging along on something going to a party i want you to go have fun and i want to be the friend that you do not even have to think about Mm -hmm. having a good time because i can take care of myself and i do not need you to worry about me Hmm. that makes you feel good because i feel like I'm low maintenance most of the time where I was like who cares everything's fine nothing really matters let's just enjoy ourselves let's just do this and then it's only certain things that it's it doesn't go from low to medium it's low to super high I'm like don't mess this up don't touch this I will fuck you up Mm -hmm. this matters here 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 and here and this is how it's going to be done and I'm sorry if you can't handle that yeah like I have weird things like if we're sitting in a circle and we're trying to have a group discussion I need that circle to be even I Mm. because it will make a fucking difference if you all just let me be high maintenance for 30 seconds and make you get up and move your chairs so that we're in a perfect circle it will make a difference in the conversation shit like that yeah I'll have a conversation with you later about what's too high high maintenance and what's just like (laughs) let me have the space trust me it'll be better I am I have it on my Facebook page that I am high strung but pretty chill about it. Yes, like I can that's, see that. That's that's my go-to where I am. There's certain things that I need it exactly the way that I that I want it, but also I am willing to release that if something happens. You know, I am and I always go back to when Harry met Sally, but like she everything was on the side with Sally she was like I want ranch you know I want dra- dressing but I want it on the side isn't I want that the this, one where it it's on like the you're the worst kind of high maintenance because you think because you low think you're low maintenance yeah. and that is 100% me because yeah. I am I am really chill until I'm not yeah. and I I try my best to be as low maintenance as possible but I will like you said Joe get to that point where I'm just like yeah no I can't let go of this anymore like this this needs to happen it needs to happen like this needs to happen like that and I just reorganize someone's entire life because it's bothering me and I think that I'd like to think that I've gotten a lot better about that like my little glass menagerie is in a box in storage and if it never comes out again and I never see those things again I'm pretty okay with it like, I've really, really tried in the last couple of years to just maintain a minimalist lifestyle, which is why if anybody breaks anything in my apartment, I'm not going to be sad about it. For me, just to wrap it up, it's just materialism, high maintenance that I cannot handle. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I Joe's older brother is like the opposite of Joe. Like, 
you scratched my table you like spilled something on my couch you broke something you know like and he will lose his fucking mind and like growing up i broke a lot of stuff and one of my favorite things about my dad is my dad was the person that was like it was just an accident and it's just stuff Mm. and i love the comfort that that brings when you have to be willing to understand that it's just stuff and stuff is going to go away Mm -hmm. like there i could not date someone that was like that if I broke something and it fucking wrecked their world, I I couldn't. I there's Someone's no way. Comfort level there. Mm-hmm. You're you always you're yeah. walking on eggshells. You're mm-hmm. constantly just afraid of everything, and anxiety brings up. And you're like, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. I'm not gonna do this. And my final deal breaker would be people who are rude to mm. like like high. Well, it comes back to high maintenance, but like I am the person I can order something at a restaurant they bring it to me wrong and i'm like oh my god no it's fine i think the universe wanted me to eat this don't worry about it Mm -hmm. but like if you are mean when you take things back to a store or you're mean to wait staff you're mean to management Mm -hmm. because you think anger is what gets the customer what they want oh my god i have walked out on a boyfriend before because he was blowing up at someone and i was like i can't do this i am going to throw up and i was like mouthing the words i'm sorry mm-hmm. as i as like to the yeah. yeah to like he couldn't see me but to the person he was yelling at i was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm leaving I'm so Bye. sorry oh that's terrible yeah and i can't i i cannot be rude to salespeople or service people uh-huh. in any way shape or form because i just if i get frustrated enough i'll just go like i have a def- <laughs> i have a defective um Amazon Fire Stick right now because the Alexa part doesn't work. It's never worked, but I bought it for Black Friday and I just, I'm a busy person. I don't have time. I chatted in. They switched me over five different times to different people. And then in the end, they're like, oh, you just need to call us. And I'm like, I hate talking on the phone so much. I will just deal with a broken Alexa. Like, I won't do it because I will get frustrated and I'll just hang up. Like, there's no point in me calling because. I'm just going to get upset and I won't get angry with them, but I will just be like, nope, not worth it. I don't care. Right. Like I got it for $16. It's not worth this. So I just won't, I won't deal with it. Um, so, uh, we've come to, uh, when Samantha is at lunch at the same restaurant with Siobhan and the sister comes over and she's like, Hey, how's it going? You guys. Oh, Hey, brother go say goodbye to aunt whoever um i'm gonna sit with samantha for a second and i love because jd's like oh i watched save the last dance i know what's coming and i wasn't wrong (laughs) nope no i'm and it made me wonder i'm like what came first i think this came first this came first so i bet did it better because i had julia styles true john patrick thomas and carrie washington Mm. so what do you guys think do you think this is overprotective sister or um do you think this is a race thing I think it needed to be dealt with in a much better situation because right now it was just wealthy white women laughing off the situation. That's what I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's a little out of the extreme, but I you need to be able to understand the perspective. And that's why I think Carrie Washington in Save the Last Dance, not that that's the best movie to do this platform on, she just said it a little bit better because she's like, it's not so much that you're a white girl. It's the fact that he is one of the great black guys that we have that's successful, that isn't into drugs, that isn't doing this, 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 and you're taking him out of the black community. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then because the white community always wants to be like, oh, well, then they just pair off and they do all these bad things together. It's like, well, if the black men who are successful that you wish to see us with keep going to different cultures, we're left with what we're left with, so we're going to take where we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And you're not giving us much of an option here. Yeah. And that's kind of like the divide where the white people are like, well, no, you should be able to date whoever and whatever. Like, yes, that'd because, be ideal. Because yeah. our white privilege is like, what are you talking about? But yeah. if you're going to shit on a culture for then being like, oh, we'll see. That person just will get with this and this and this and this and this. It will happen. And they're dating bad people and they have a baby daddy by like, or they have different baby daddies and blah, blah, blah. It's like, because you took, mm-hmm. you took the six, you took the good ones. Not that, whatever. But yeah, the good ones are not available for picking and it, it went to someone else and what does that reflect on a certain culture where you're like oh none of us were good enough none of us were successful enough none of us were pretty enough he had to go with the white girl Mm. 
and like you like who you like yes but when you're doing a self-reflective thing you're like well what's wrong with me why wasn't it me that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier yeah you see all those major things and that part fucking hurts so that's why when she's like i don't feel comfortable you doing this and my opinion matters a lot to him she was she was like i am letting you know this isn't gonna work out mm-hmm. and then later on they play it off like a Oh, it wasn't that Samantha had a white little pussy. It was that Siobhan was a big old pussy and was never going to get under from his sister's thumb. Like, or she, he took her opinion into consideration and it wasn't your opinion, so you're shitting on it. Yeah. And it was like, that's what bothered me. It was like Derek said a couple of episodes ago. This was clearly written by a white gay man. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good call. I can't say it better, so I'm just going to amen everything (laughs) Joe said. I had to learn how to do that. I think I talked about it the last time here when I was telling someone how to tweet. Because they're like, how do, you, how do you do a tweet? I was like, say what you have to say, but if someone can say it better, then just retweet it. There you go. I'm retweeting what JD just said. Perfect. Oh, gorgeous. Love it. I've never been retweeted. <laughs> um, so Steve gets super real with Miranda uh, because she's not being supportive about the whole half-court shot that he wants to take. And... She said that she would go and watch him play basketball in the park, and then she got busy with her whole lawyer thing. And he calls her out on it beautifully. Mm-hmm. I really wish they would show that scene in like um, romantic or like romantic relationship communication class one hundred and one, or really any relationship, friends or otherwise. And fuck that it doesn't even have to be romantic. But he says what he says, and he means every word of it, and he's. He calls her out, and it's beautiful. Instead of just harboring resentment and throwing it under the rug and waiting till a later time to throw it in her face, he mm-hmm. says it right then and there, and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful and he powerful. He also doesn't attack her. No, he, he gets he, angry, he but he doesn't out. attack her. He calls her out, but he, does, he's but he like, does not You're attack. a fucking bitch, because we always do blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I'm super upset that we always do to your things. Mm-hmm. I've gone to so many of your things, and I enjoy doing that because they were your things. And this one thing... That I want to do, you're not going to support me. She's like, it's some stupid thing, and this is my work. And he's like, but it it matters to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It's so beautiful, and it just makes me love him that much more. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, she doesn't just get defensive mm-hmm. and shut down. She wakes up and she goes mm-hmm. down and gets behind him. Supports she supports him. him, and that's why. Like, yeah. I'm like, we talked about it two episodes ago, and I'm like, her story. Her interactions with people, the growth that her character and the people around her go through mm-hmm. is fantastic. And it's, like, been slept on because everyone always, like, just shits on her. Mm-hmm. But she's leading the best life. She's the one that is able to respond. She's doing her job. She's mm-hmm. getting that coin. She's got a good man. And then Magda comes in and she's fantastic, too. And then her child comes in and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why was this about Carrie? Yeah. Miranda's the one who has everything together. She, she got it. That's mm-hmm. true. Even in parts where she didn't get it, like this one right here, she was like, this is a chance for me to grow. Mm-hmm. Take what you're given and roll with it. And she yeah. did. And she was like, you're right. It matters to you. Have some humility mm-hmm. yeah. in your relationship. Yeah. You got a good ass man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, I have a note that says Samantha gets into a brawl. How old is she? At this point, she's 42. No, I don't think she's 40. No. I think she's like maybe 39-ish, 38-ish. Because they're all in their early 30s and she's quote unquote older than them, but not by that much. I was going off the timeline because in 2006, 2000, no, 2009. Irregardless. Sorry. Either way, she's too old to be getting in a brawl. Is my point. She was celebrating her 50th birthday. That was the main part of it. So I was just going back in terms of their time takes place in real time. So if this is 2000, she'd be turning 40 this year. Plus, it's a little bit of a cringy like cat fight. And again, obviously written by a white person of they're in a black club and now she's going to get into a cat fight with this yeah. black girl. It was gross. It was super. Ugh. It was not handled well. There was there was there. There could have been good things here to touch upon, but it wasn't looked upon from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. It was touched upon like that. I'm a white woman and I can't have everything I want. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. You're dumb. You're dumb. You're a pussy. And I'm going to get into a fight with you. Yeah. And it's going to be OK because I'm going to walk out of this fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. it had been the other way around, though, it wouldn't have been fine. If you had been in a white club and you had a black girl getting loud and getting nasty and getting in someone's face, it would have been a whole different ordeal. Mm-hmm. A completely different narrative. Yeah. And that's the shit that people need to gross. pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. If you're a white person occupying a colored people's space, be aware of it, but also see what would be the reverse and see if that's okay. Yeah. No, good call. Yeah. Um, and so we end the episode with Carrie deciding that she is going to quit smoking for Aiden. Um, after going through a day-long date with him and smoking the emergency cigarette that she has stashed in her purse, accidentally losing it in the gutter and smoking it anyway. 
realizing finally that she has an actual problem with this. And it ends with her slapping on a nicotine patch, which, why didn't you do that at the beginning of the date? Like, why wouldn't she wasn't think, ready for it? I think smokers I think, and addicts are in denial ready. about what they mm-hmm. need to get through something. You're right. like, I don't need this thing. I'm not, because I'm like, not I addicted don't need to, to it. Yeah. yeah, I can just quit whenever yeah. I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it was great to see this actual growth from her, because I feel like, for the most part, she never grows as a person throughout mm-hmm. the entire series. And to have her quit smoking is, even if it is for a, uh, even if it is for a guy, it needs to happen, not just for her and her character, but just for the people to see that that's a kind of gross, disgusting habit that you should be quitting anyway. It's going to kill you. And then the people that you love are going to be really sad about it. Well, even at the end, she says it. She's like, it didn't work when I did it for a guy. In the end, I gave I gave it up for me. She's a liar. Then. And that, But that's what helped her figure. That's what helped her get yeah. through it. Yes, and it is. And it, but it still was a justification because she goes right back to smoking after they break up anyway. But um, I'm just saying. I'm Spoiler her, alert. I'm calling her ass out. Like I do love that her friends gang up on her, though. Like Because I was talking with, you know, my closest girlfriends about how sometimes we're too ride or die. Mm-hmm. And how I need mm. them to not be so ride or die sometimes. Like, if I'm doing something stupid, I need you to not just support me because that's what we do. Mm. Get you a Latino family. <laughs> they will call you out right away like, what you're doing is dumb. I get why you're doing it. I totally get it. Mm. It's fucking stupid. Grow up. You're going to get your shit together. Yeah. Yeah, I... I have a lot of really good friends. We were just talking about this um, uh, on the the way to to record here. Jess and I were talking about how my friend came into town and I was talking to him about a faux relationship that I had. And he said, are you just holding on to this because he reminds you of Chad? And I was like, ouch. And I was like, ooh, that's some best friend shit right there. That's some best friend shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I really had to like seriously think about it because of course my initial response was no, of course not. But it, it is and it isn't a little bit, but it was so nice to have that conversation with somebody who cares about me, who knows me, who has known me for years and is just looking out for my best interest. And that's what 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 friends have to do is sometimes do the hard shit too because mm-hmm. you can absolutely be right or die but if something comes down to it i'm i'm i'll question somebody and i'll be like are you sure this is what you want to do cuz yeah. these are the consequences that might happen and that's why i have to be careful like if i want to be affirmed i'm going to go to these friends but ultimately like my friend heather that's my like not not she is right or die because we are soul sisters till the end but like the other day i was triggered on something and i called her and i like told her what i was triggered on and she was like ew mama you sound like a victim stop and she was like she pointed out the nouns and the adjectives i used that were subtly victim-y like i am portraying Mm -hmm. myself as a victim by using these particular words and she was not gonna let it slip by me that's amazing that's good friend yeah Mm -hmm. my best friend in the whole world i want to tell her everything except when i don't because i'm like because sometimes I just want to be supported, but I know that if I tell her this thing, she's gonna be like, "Um, I here's what you want me to say, yeah, and here's what here's what I'm going to, to say because you need to hear it." With my ride or die friends, I have learned to say, "Which advice would you like to be affirmed, or would you like my real opinion?" And when you give them the choice, they will say real opinion, mm-hmm. and then when they get but upset, they'll be, but they'll be they chose it, yeah, they chose it. So that's it's a good awesome. way to go too. It is because then because otherwise they're just like, ugh, why are you being like that? Like that's not what I need to hear right now. But if you give them the choice, there's no way. And then sometimes I have been cut off halfway, and they go, okay, okay, I just want to be affirmed, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and then I'll switch gears. That's yeah, fine. cool. You chose this. It's important mm-hmm. to know that I had a I have a hard time doing that because I'm really bad at giving advice to people because I always want to be the person that's like, here are the steps that you can take to make your life better. You're not going to follow them though. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. am I here for? So I just became like the distracting friend where I was like, you're going through something. You don't want anyone to give your opinion. Let's go. Out. Let's go do something mm. like let's have fun. Let's get you out of this Distract. thing. And then mm-hmm. you can figure it out. That's where I figured out my strengths are. Mm-hmm. But that's because I haven't learned to ask, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Do you want? Well, and some people don't know what they want either. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the hard part. That's where like being a true friend comes in is you have to sort of anticipate that friend's needs and wants. Like, because that can be really hard because sometimes I've had friends where I legitimately have to do what you said, Jess, where I'm like, okay, 
do you want to hear my opinion about it or do you like do you want to complain or do you want a solution Mm -hmm. and there's a big difference in that because I will absolutely be there and I will be like girl that's horrible that's shitty oh my god I can't believe they did that to you and I can also be like okay but you understand that they did this to you because of this yeah and I'm really bad I'm learning right now to let people have their emotions like I'm the one who wants your emotion to go away Mm -hmm. Um, and so yesterday my friend was fucking bitch and really upset because she thought her wallet was stolen so for the five hours we were together i mean her whole world was just i mean everyone on the road was driving horribly everything and just like and i just so bad wanted to be like it happened for a reason it's gonna be and just instead like i had to consciously be like yep it sucks Yep, you're totally right. This mm-hmm. is the worst fucking possible thing, you know, and because I am the one who's just always trying to be like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really bad habit that I'm trying to break and to try to let people have whatever reaction they're having. Yeah, I try and understand where everyone is coming from as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and there was even a situation a couple of weeks ago where I thought that I, I knew exactly where this person was coming from and where their emotions were. And they told me something. And then, like, literally two weeks later, I was like, oh, that situation was probably hard for him, too, because I was so caught up in my own emotions about it that I was like, that was probably a really hard thing for him to go through. And I wasn't there for him because I was up in my own head about Mm -hmm. everything. And that wasn't necessarily good of me as, like, a friend or a person to not see his side of it. Mm -hmm. But when you're wrapped up in your own emotion and you're feeling something hardcore, it's hard to be there for somebody else and to see someone else's side of it. Because, you know, they wronged you. They're horrible people. They wronged you. And it takes a lot of distance. And I'm a victim. Yeah, it takes a lot of distance to see that that they had their side of it. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's... And it wasn't, you know, it's almost never to hurt you. Like, no one wakes up in the morning and thinks, how can I fuck up Joe's world today? You know, like, And occasionally you meet those people and they do exist. And then you think everyone is like that. But it's really not. Yeah. For the most part, no one is waking up in the morning and thinking, how am I going to fuck his shit up today? Like, for the most part, everybody is worried about their own feelings, their own concerns. They're very... Yeah, did you you see that thing about no one is against you, they're just for themselves? Mm. That's good. Where is that from? It was Joe reposted it from someone else on Uh, Facebook, and it really stuck with me. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It really changed the way that I think about what I perceive as an attack from other people. A conversation me and my boyfriend had to have was uh, just complaining because before we were like, oh, well, obviously you just want to have a rant, se- rant session. You just want to get it out of your system and move on from that. Mm. But it flipped our ideals on certain things. So he would complain to me about someone close to his, to him in his life. So then the next time he's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with this person. I was like, why? You don't like this person. And they're like, no, I do like them. I was like, really? Because you complain about them all the time. And he's like, no, no, no. It was just that one time. And then something else would happen. I was like, but you knew that was going to happen because you always complain about that. Why do you keep doing this? And so we, for a while, it was like, okay, no complaining. There's... If there's a problem, talk to me about it once you have a solution or mm-hmm. once it's from a better perspective. Like, this, this has happened, but I feel like this is where we can step. This is what I didn't do correctly. This is how we can work on and it. And why are you talking to me about it and not them is what I always come back to. Mm-hmm. So you're always venting to me about this issue you have with this other person and you're never telling them. And that mm-hmm. also worked in their thing because of like the reason me and my first relationship didn't work out is because we would do something wrong and we would go talk to our best friends about it. And they would not necessarily flip a narrative, but they Mm -hmm. would say this, this, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. So we didn't end up working out. And one of my things from the beginning was if you have an issue with me, let me know. Mm -hmm. Let me know. Let's work on it. And then we can talk to our close people about it because I don't want you telling your best friend, Joe really hates all these things that I really, really like. And it's problematic and blah, blah, blah. And then have your best friend be against me in any given situation Mm -hmm. instead of like, well, did you see this side of it? Like, what did you do in this kind of way? Because mm-hmm. you always need best friends on your side if you're the person dating. Mm-hmm. And you also just want more people in your court. So if your people only complain about you, that's all the perspective people get for you. Yeah. So that's always been my thing for now. And I'm like, if you want to rant to me, rant to me, yes. But know that you are 
I'm formulating an opinion based off of the information that you are giving me and you're only giving me XXX mm-hmm. so that I will only see them as a trashy, shitty person who's going to backstab you, who's going to tell your secrets to the world. And I'm not going to see the good things that you see in them because I only get your perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. super important. You need to be able to come up with solutions or how you're going to fix it as you're complaining. Get it out of your system. But as you're getting it out of your system, work towards something better. Oh, I love that. And this is a perfect place for you guys to wrap. Yeah, this has been an awesome two-part episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Thank you. I, we always talk too much, so we, we should just like plan for, for two-parters from here. Yeah, out, I totally. Then especially with next time the baby will be here. So perfect. we'll have a foursome. I'll be breastfeeding while we shoot the entire God episode. I love plus. it. Yes. And if we do double episodes... Then we can do, put this off for another six years. Yes. <laughs> Baby will be able to come in and do a two-parter with us, too. Perfect. Yay. I love it. That's going to be great. Little Lion Man's going to be like... The little Lion's going to be here. Yeah, Little Lion's coming. It'll, it would be so great. I can't wait. We're going to be like, Samantha's a bit of a slut. <laughs> but she is a fierce, independent woman of the 21st century. <laughs> but she's at this point still. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So well, thank yeah, you all thank you so, so much. much for listening. Thank you yes. for giving us your ears. Another week coming. Yeah. We will see you next week. Yes. You can find us on social media. Yes. We swear on Chanel on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can email us your thoughts, your opinions, your questions, your comments at I couldn't help but wonder at gmail.com. I couldn't help a podcast oh at gmail.com. JK. And Jess, where can they find you for more interesting things? Homesliceproductions.com. Woo. Dot com. And Reverend Levity on Instagram. Yeah, Revlin mm. dot levity, right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. She'll also be tagged in her photo of the week, so you can find her easier. Yeah. Hi. And I have an idea for the photo. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, you're just saying that. Well, I guess well, at this point you've already seen you've it. You've seen Never it. Mind. That's yeah. the first thing you've seen. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, always, always wear, wear condom. Bye. It's not stopping. It's not stopping. <laughs>